correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. www.d20radio.com Welcome to Opcast, Arms Around the Trinity Continuum. Our podcast does in-depth reviews covering everything from the first edition to the newest StoryPath edition of the books published for the Trinity Continuum, including Aeon, Aberrant, Adventure, and more. My name is Scott Cuban. I'm one of the hosts of this show. You can also find me on Simulacra TV on both YouTube and Twitter at the Simulacra Studios actual play studio that I run. And you can find me on Twitter at Simulacra RPGs. Hi there. I am another host of this wonderful podcast. I am Josh Heath. You can find me on Twitter at Podcast Werewolf, where I'm generally talking about Werewolf the Apocalypse. But you can also find me on DriveThruRPG and all of the things that I have written. If you just search for my name, Josh Heath or Joshua Heath, because no one can decide if I should go by my full name or not. Nice. So... That said, we are a member, a proud member of the D20 Radio Network, and as such, we would like to shout out another podcast, Tabletop Tales, a variety actual play. Tabletop Tales is a group of friends who played TTRPGs, Titter Pigs, for some of us, Hmm. together. They have done that for many years. Uh, They have three different campaigns that they are running, a post-apocalyptic campaign set in New England. That gets my interest as that uses the Genesis RPG system. They also run a Star Wars game. And they've got a game called Random Roll Frozen Hall, which is a 5e Forgotten Realms campaign, which also sounds interesting. So if those things are things that you're interested in, go and check them out. And otherwise, check out the folks at d20radio.com. So today we are reviewing a a grab bag of smaller books, three of them from the first edition of Trinity and one of them from the current edition edition of the Trinity Continuum. The three smaller books that we're dealing with, the three first edition books are the Trinity Field Reports, which are very tiny, like 30 page max updates to the setting that were released early in the publishing cycle of Trinity, of the first edition of Aeon. And the Trinity Continuum book is the Phoebe Trust, which is a the first departure from the mainline continuity, which is basically a setting that includes scions in the modern day. Josh, what are your thoughts on these little books? These overall? are great little books overall. I really enjoy that the Trinity Field Report books are something you could effectively hand a player and not feel like they've discovered anything that they probably shouldn't know as a player, mm-hmm. which to me makes them useful even in a second or the current edition, Trinity edition. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. There's a little bit of timeline stuff that you would have to to explain away or do some narrative math on. I think it's really important, especially for the field reports, to sort of note where these are in the timeline of Trinity Aeon First Edition. They were released pretty soon after the core book, and in many ways, they update the setting by a couple of months. They're not huge, big updates, but they are teasers for updates to the setting that were planned or in the works that were going to be coming out in later books. So these were things of like, hey, this story is going to move forward a little bit 
uh, as the books come out. And I think they did a very good job of doing that. I think the one that specifically does that the most is the one about the extrasolar colonies. Yeah. Because as the as of the the first core book, we were just the humanity was just preparing to launch the first Leviathan ships to recontact the lost solar colonies, extrasolar colonies, because the Upeo had not yet returned. And so these books are the first updates from those Leviathans using a technology that I don't believe has made it into the Trinity, the story path version, which are data pods, which are essentially uh Bits of technology that contain records that use a fraction of the Tesser jump engine's power to jump those back to Earth. And some of them have been damaged. Some of them, one of them specifically has been lost, crushed by subquantum pressure. And some of them have pieces missing from them. And most interest, interestingly, some of them have information edited out of them. Mm -hmm. uh, although you're never really sure what what is what. Or what has been removed from where, which I find, you know, as as the conspiracy leaning first edition is a great point for that. Absolutely, I like the data pod idea, but I think in the story path edition, you effectively have slower but relatively effective long range communications between. Um, you, I, I don't know about the slower ones. I think the the one that they have mentioned is that. Basically, using proxy level psi, mm -hmm. they can contact Alpha Centauri through tele through long range telepathy, but not anything further than that. Interesting. So uh, we definitely need something like the data pods then in StoryPath if you want to have kind of this regular back and forth communication from the colonies, which. Mm -hmm. I guess maybe they just left that open for you mm -hmm. can figure that out as a story guide. You don't have to have a necessarily a, a strong reason for it. But what I like is if you do want to have some of that, maybe not all the information is getting passed around very well. Mm -hmm. It is a great tool to use something like that, where clearly an electrokinetic at least could mess with it or other people or other aliens lots or of things could mess yeah. with them. Mm -hmm. i think i think you when you're making a sci-fi setting you definitely have to make the choice about long-range communications like faster than light communication because it it makes a big change to your setting if everyone can talk to anyone at any time regardless of distance then that is one type of whereas if you have to wait or if there's long delays or if you have to go through complicated mission complement mechanisms to communicate between the stars that means that things can be developing in different places at different times at, with some asynchronicity which can lead to some very interesting story elements and i like that aeon is the way it is absolutely it's kind of like with star trek and it depends on which era you're talking about but mm -hmm. generally because of subspace buoys being a thing in that setting when you get too far away from the subspace buoy system it may take years and or longer to get communications back and forth you see that with voyager and things mm -hmm. like that and sometimes with uh, deep space nine etc like that is fun sci-fi space for you mm -hmm. to dig into and lots of settings do it star trek was just the first one that came to mind i mean on the other end of that you have the expanse where you know you are limited by the speed of light and that's a hard mm -hmm. limit so yeah i i think this is great so yeah these books update the setting a little bit a couple months and once again in story path edition the UPAO are back and trans tra communication has been reestablished, although it is sporadic based off mainly off the jump ships. But we have give 
as of core, we have most of the updates that these books provide to us. But what I really want to highlight is that all three of these books are 100% in play. Right. They are 100% in-universe information. Like you said, Josh, you could hand this to a player and it'd be entirely and there's there's very little explaining that you need to do. It can be something that a player can read and pick out clues from. I think that's what I like it the most because while StoryPath is wonderful, it occasionally drops things that are story guide, more story guide essential than what I would prefer sometimes my players know. Mm-hmm. And something like the extra solar colonies book or the alien species one alien species one in particular i could be wrong i'm mixing the two up but they're very they, similar there, there's a lot of crosstalk between those two specifically yeah in one of them they talk about the upeo appearing at karu yes anyway and again in the story path edition we know that that happened we know why it would be helpful to give this to a player who's like like here's some information you remember from before the Upeo came back. Yeah. And it may like influence your opinion about them. Yeah. Which it could. could be useful. I mean, I, another way you could do this, if you wanted to use these and they'd be very useful to do so is to take, set your game during the Upeo diaspora. Mm-hmm. Just dial the clock back a little bit and, you know, maybe things go differently in your version of the continuum. Because that period of time, I mean, I remember when when reading the books and playing my first very short games when before the Upeo were back in, in Metaplot, that was interesting. Like that was like there was a lot of tension in, in unknowns things. And these books are where we got the first drops of oh shit, Casaluge is under attack by aberrants, you know, or the Karu are mysteriously okay. And, you know, we, we got the the, the situation on uh, Vagarius. So we, this is where we get a lot of these, like, first drops of information. So, yeah, the art in it, I think, is pretty janky. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of, C- of 90s CG, mm-hmm. which is fun in its own way, but I definitely prefer the more updated, modern like you know fleshed out and developed cg and and line drawings that we have today absolutely it's the if you're from an rpg archaeology standpoint these books are fun for pointing out hey here's where some core ideas for aeon story path edition came from mm-hmm. that then get dig, dug into and this is what cutting edge sci-fi art looked like yeah in, 98 99 it's not bad by any stretch it's just kind of bad eh, although there are a couple of images that i really like in it Mm -hmm. Uh, i the the most like it's very simple but it's it's one of the more like stuck in my head images and it's the map of the galaxy right it is we are on the this is our arm of the the galaxy uh-huh. and this is where all the colonies are in relation to each other along the spiral arm which is great like that's mm-hmm. really helpful if if you're the type of nerd to want to star chart out distances and things like that you could do that with this map and at least have like a broad idea of like this is how far things are away from each other yeah what can i add in there as story elements as you're moving from place to place there's lots of things and also from a very deep lore perspective something that we find out later 
we were given the coordinates to these worlds by the doyen specifically because they surround aberrant space so if you look at it from that perspective it's like hey there's a big hole in this like there there's a big they, these surround a certain point and you can see that on the map which yeah. I don't I like I'm a fan of yep. I also yep. like the image of the chromatic the sort of anatomical design of the chromatic in the alien species one that was very cool I like that too you get those two with the coalition so I remember reading the alien species one particularly for the coalition section yes. because oh my word did they creep me out then and do they still creep me out today yeah that the i think if you want to do anything with the coalition you need to read that section because it is more in depth it is more personal than anything you get in story path because it is a day-by-day account of the second mission to the coalition arc and it goes very badly and it's very creepy like it's it it plays out like a horror movie Things are mostly okay. Things are getting a little creepier. The unanswered questions are piling up. The 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 coalition starts to pen in the human. Like it goes through a process of horror movie level of plotting, yeah. uh, and it's it's beautiful. It's beautifully written. And this does I I I may not be a hundred percent remembering this right, but I'm pretty sure this gets referenced in the story path edition yes. books it gets it gets mentioned in the future history basically mm-hmm. like this is where things are going mm-hmm. when they talk about the coalition and what's up with them and this also yeah this also bleeds into the one of the last adventure books that deals with the coalition which we will talk about eventually yeah and honestly like reading this as a story guide would give you the tools to run this story mm-hmm and really like with with player pre-approval really like dial in the horror elements like trinity can really be a horror game oh yeah i mean it it, it, ends, it, out. it ends with the phrase remember us yeah like that's that's potent but yeah i mean you also get a lot of information about the chant both with the their world and them as a as a species you start to get really i mean again this has been information that's been reiterated in story path books but in this, it's all related first person, mm-hmm. uh, which I is so invaluable to me for getting the feel of it. And like, and they too are, they're not telling us everything. They are keeping big secrets from us. And you can see that in the writing and in how the story plays out. I think one of the more fascinating things that you get from this specific book is the the notion of the majority of what the Chin are showing us are things mm-hmm. that they are reflecting back to, to us. They're showing us we have seen you, we have observed you, and we are presenting a face to you that is very much like you. Um, Which is fascinating. Yeah. Like there was a great section where like I keep like, the person talking about is like, I keep attributing Asian characteristics to them. And because they were first contacted with the Chinese and the question there is, is it because they are very similar to Asian culture or is it just because that is what they're reflecting back because that was their first impression of us? Yep. It's I, it's a great open question for the way you present the chin in mm-hmm. the game. And they, particularly in this, you get the sense they are clearly hiding lots of things from humanity mm-hmm. very intentionally. But then 
maybe so that they're protecting us as well. It's definitely like hinted that they they think of it slightly paternalistically. Yeah. Well, and they're also doing it for their own benefit, and and they they mm-hmm. highlight the fact that the, the Shin are not a united society. Right. There are factions and element, and they're not nations as we know them, but there are factions, and they are not operating all in harmony. And some of us, some of them do not like us. So yeah, some of it is protectionist, or but it is also you are our advantage. Humans are our advantage in this game of of, of politics that we're playing amongst ourselves. So yep. we have to protect that advantage, both in a physical sense and we're the only ones that get access to it to you. There are other houses that want access to humanity that are getting hedged out. And it's really great because like it it hammers home the humans aren't the center of the galaxy. Like they like the chin have their own shit going on. Yep. I I really like to the the little cultural slash personality things they tell you about the chin. We know that they are, this isn't a spoiler, we know they are slug-like inside Mm -hmm. suits, right? But in this, they tell us what the slugs look like. Yes, they give you a very, very detailed description of it. Which is fascinating, and I would love to kind of explore what that looks like for human reactions, because humans don't have great reactions Mm -hmm. to slug-like beings, which is probably why they do what they yeah. do with wearing suits and everything like that. But then also there's this weird fascination they have with an octopus that they brought back yes. to their home planet, which I really think makes me make connections to Trinity core in mm-hmm. funny ways. A little bit, like, yeah. There's some, it would be the type of deep, deep cut that either ian watson did intentionally mm-hmm. or just happens to be an accident and i find both amazing one way that or the would other. be very interesting if that octopus was more than than meets the eye as it yep. were which when we when we eventually talk about aether we need we, the whole octopus thing we really need to talk about <laughs> yes there's so much to it and they really they really blow the doors off it in aether yeah that was yeah definitely the octopus thing one of the players in one of my home games that i'm that i'm playing in aeon is playing a chin and she has a little stuffed squid octopus thing that she knitted and that she keeps with her at the table that's awesome. Uh, I find very, very, very fun. Yeah. So the 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 especially si- the aliens and extrasolar colonies they kind of go hand in hand. They talk a lot about the same stuff, but they also talk about different things. So yeah, it, it's definitely they're definitely companion pieces. This the third one, Psy Laws, is one hundred percent you could hand to a player. Like, yes. You are doing stuff on Earth. You need to know about how laws work. If you are doing political stuff, if you are going to different places around the world, if you're going to be embedded in a hostile country, this is great stuff. It is it is literally something you could hand to them as a guidebook. That's true. I also felt like my eyes were bleeding okay. while I was reading this at times because... I had read all three of the other ones first, Mm -hmm. I think, and I was trying to squeeze this one in, and it is less exciting on the surface. It is less exciting. The layout isn't great, also, in the PDF version. Yep. 
I don't think I, I think there might have been some some problems with the transfer, but I I read it I read this fresh. I basically I had read all the other stuff and then I went back and read this, and I really liked it because it was very in play. It was very in play, very useful, very subjective in many ways. Its useful usefulness as an in-game artifact is great. That to be said, yeah, it's not the most like exciting stuff. It is very bureaucratic, but. It's interesting because it gives you a very narrow focus through which to see the various societies on Earth. Sure. Uh, One thing that I thought I think is a good like comparison thing that this book does do that I found value in is that in the Europe section of laws, it talks about precedent that determined that the use of psi in a particular way was permissible in court and permissible as a defense in certain mm -hmm. situations. The opposite precedence is set in the FSA in a very similar case with slightly different parameters where they were like, Psy was involved at all. And so therefore the entire case is useless and like, you know, it, it doesn't apply because Psy just kind of second-handedly was involved in this yeah, exactly and it, it, it speaks to the prejudice of the fsa which definitely I, I think is very great storytelling and like you said there are case studies in each of uh, each of these sections like pretty long descriptions of a legal case and it psi isn't always like the first and foremost thing about it it's where Psy interacts with a legal proceeding. But yeah, it, and I also like the talk that it has, specifically because this is through an Aeon Trinity lens, of if things go bad, the Aeon Trinity will back you up. Mm -hmm. Like there's talk about extradition, either like boring legal extradition or smash and grab. Like we will get, like if you put yourself on the line for us and you get in trouble because you're using your Psy powers in, in a way that, you know, you see as necessary... If things go bad, Aeon will back you up. Oh, or there's also mention of the legions. Like the legions will, of course, come get their boys. Right. I really like too that there's a map on oh, yeah. page nine. Yeah. I think it is that just it's a world map that tells you where laws psi use is tolerated and where it's not, and that's just super helpful for getting a feel for what the world is like mm -hmm. i'm confused i don't remember that argentina was separate from sudamerica i mean sudamerica it's not like the uan mm -hmm. it's not one big like political unit sudamerica is much it's much like it is today it is a continent with a bunch of nations on it mm -hmm. so i i guess it just means that argentina has has a different culture of, of acceptance and that might not map to to trinity continuum like even that, if it doesn't it's interesting to look at and go and consider hmm mm -hmm. if i want to have my players based in brazil mm -hmm. maybe they have to go to argentina for a thing and have to hide that they're using psi or something yeah, like that yeah i think they did mention that argentina is kind of pretty authoritarian and nasty so yeah but they haven't really gone into much depth about it yeah overall i think it's really good it's very it's like if you're going to be doing like political espionage social stuff on earth this is pretty useful thing to have like literally a thing that a, a pc would have in their in their back in their backpack yep i i definitely think players should read it just don't try and read it with four other books around the same size at the <laughs> yeah, same time absolutely. it's not going to zing as much 
Right. So now we're going to move into the Trinity Continuum proper and talk about the Phoebe Trust. What do you think about this one, Josh? Oh, so the Phoebe Trust is, to explain the basic idea behind it first, is it is a the first actual confirmed what-if alternate continuum book for the Trinity Continuum. It is the idea that scions appear in the modern day much like if they were from Stranger Things or any movies that have touched on MK Ultra or any of the psychic experiments that Russia did during the Cold War. It is that style of scions in the world mm -hmm. insofar as they have been created by, yes, the Hammersmith incident in the 1920s, but also afterward intentionally by governments to tap in and make, you know, slightly more powerful than Syed's scions. I like this little book a lot. Mm -hmm. I like that it gives you, I'm not going to spoil, I'm not going to go too far ahead. I like where it goes with the scions and how they would work in a Trinity Continuum core setting. So that's my major takeaway with it. Yeah, I agree. I think this, the, these possibilities were discussed in the Aeon expansion uh, about how to use Scions in the modern day. But this is like a divergent setting is what it is. And I think it's good. I mean, my personal tastes is in general, unless it's like a minor alteration to the setting or, you know, that I actually am not a huge fan of homebrew setting stuff mm -hmm. or alternate setting stuff. I think that the Aeon, the Trinity continuum setting is very robust and there's a lot that you can play around with and i think that it tells a pretty cohesive and interesting story as a whole and i personally am not super interested in diverting from that because i think that there's quite enough to be getting along with and i don't have major problems with it like i know i've read some people on the discord who have like this very specific access to grind about the setting and thus create mm -hmm. their own homebrews to 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 address them and that's fine. Just for me, I'm a fanboy. I like what I like what's there. But that being said, this is pretty cool. Like this is a pretty cool if you like it, like the Stranger Things, if you like Stephen King, sort of that style of governments messing around with people and like, like Firestarter was like the big one that, mm -hmm. that he yeah. did about that. So yeah, if that's something that you're interested in, like if you want to play a Stranger Things style game with, you know, constructed psychics. It's pretty cool. Like, it's pretty cool. I like the faction. I like the faction itself. I think they're very cool. It's just not my cup of tea when I want to play Trinity. That's, I, I get that. I I think the interesting thing for me with the Phoebe Trust, so the Phoebe Trust is the allegiance, right? Mm -hmm. They, to me, I almost don't need this to be a splinter off of the continuum to use them. Mm-hmm. I would probably just, so there, let's get into this part. So sure. the alternate scions that they provide here have restrictions that scions in Aeon don't have. Right. Like you have three different tiers of how difficult do you want it to be to be a scion in the modern day using these, using this kind of setting and, and system. I just use Syads. Yeah. Instead, 
you know, not that I don't like this option. Like this clearly is helping me tell a story of a specific genre. And from there, if that's the genre of game that I want to run, I would probably use these because that makes a lot of sense. I think in just a standard Trinity Continuum, I would use the Phoebe Trust, have them be Syads, not worry about the restrictions as written in here. And I think I'd be good. Like, I think they would still fit with the Trinity Continuum core fairly well. Yeah, I agree, actually. That's that's a really good point. Like, if you just use them as Syads, you don't need it to be a Splinter. Yep. And it would work just fine. Yep. And it would still be interesting. You could still use 98% of this. And you could, I mean, you could even also use some of like, you could, you could hack, rehack the, 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 the drawbacks and say that, you know, these are Syads who are, who are awakened artificially. Like, because, I mean, if you want to stick to the Trinity core, the, the psionic noetic atmosphere isn't right for people to start waking up as Syads in a big, big way. Mm-hmm. So they have to be their their latency has to be unlocked, and you could do that. But I, I think using them as psyods works a lot better. Yep. Yeah. And this is again what I love about the Trinity Continuum is that if you really want to drill down into a specific genre of sci-fi, they have given you all the tools to be able to do that so well. And I look at this and I go, thank you for drilling this down mm-hmm. so succinctly in a tasty bit that I don't mind spending $2 on to have this in my back pocket because it's inspired me to think of ways to do it at my table, mm-hmm. which again, we talked about generally, I think both of us are fairly much like book as written for this game. I'm going to run it that way. Yeah. I have at one point run like Cowboy Bebop using the adventure first edition rules. I played an X-Men or I ran an X-Men game at X-Men Age of Apocalypse game at a convention using the first edition aberrant rules. That sounds cool. It was amazing, but I don't do that sort of stuff often with these games, but you can, and this is a good example tool of like, if you want to drill down and be like, this fits in the TC-ish, here's a way of doing it. I think that's very helpful and I'm glad they produced it. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's a, it's an interesting thought experiment at the very least uh, with some interesting rules. And uh, like I said, I like the Phoebe Trust as an organization and I like all their antagonist organizations. Mm-hmm. I think that makes that makes core... That makes the, the 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 playing field of core very interesting of like evil government stuff. Yeah. There's one more thing that I wanted to talk about back from the Sylaws book, and that is the propaganda poster of Divis Mall. <laughs> yes. It, it reuses art from the core, but it beautifully frames it. You get a bit. It's a much bigger picture of him using the famous of him like grabbing this, holding the skeleton, but it has this delicious purple prose of like. We had aberrants, and now we have more powered people. Are they bad like this guy? It was it was deliciously purple and deliciously evil in its in its smearing of scions. And I just like the fact that we get a nice big profile picture of, of Maul. Absolutely. It is a meme. This was mm-hmm. before memes were a thing that most people yeah. kind of knew about, but it is 
clearly written and stylized in what we would think of today as a meme and it i mean let's just say it it, it's a shit post worthy of ian watson (laughs) i am tempted to crop this out and and post this in discourse and be like look at this meme i made yeah (laughs) catches it gets it oh yeah that would that would be a a honey trap for the old old people (laughs) we'll see what happens absolutely Um, yeah general in general i would say these four books are all great books people should check them out um phoebe trust in particular as a new book get it understand it like even if you don't use it it's good to have in in your toolbox and the field reports are are good like they're they're great great content they're great Mm -hmm. and they're they're just delicious in play information which i am always a fan of all right well i think that that sums up what we have to say about these books i think the last thing that i need to implore you to do is to keep your arms firmly around the trinity continuum 